0: Three, two, one, and we're back. And hey, you know what? Let's get to the topic we've been threatening to present to them for the last three days. (laughs)
1: Let's do it. (laughs) What are
0: we even calling this topic?
1: Uh, Well, I called it don't assume, and we have 10. I actually have a bonus 11th point that I didn't get on the outline, but we'll get there. Uh, You know, these are really things where agents are either assumptive, lazy, ignorant, or just skipping steps. And, you know, so there's different versions of these don't assume but all of these are mistakes that can cause you to either not win in a competitive buyer situation or not take a listing that you think you're getting. So these, I, we might call these traps not to fall into.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a great, you know, we could even have called this early warning signs. Could be. You know, and so yeah. here's, the, here's the idea. Here's the concept. Uh, we will have coaching clients. We have obviously, you know. More than a couple of them, thousands and thousands. And we'll have somebody that'll join the coaching program. They'll learn the system. They'll follow the system. They'll be essentially the prototype Harris coaching client doing everything exactly right and then they start becoming more successful things start becoming easier sometimes that's in months and sometimes it's in years but then what they'll start doing is they become complacent and they'll stop uh, they'll stop doing the exact things that it took for them to be successful in the first place in other words they'll ignore the little details because for whatever reason their egos just tell them that they don't need to basically check every box every single time and as a result of that they start then having they start losing and generally uh, what we see is they'll start losing a little bit and then they start losing a lot and they'll rationalize the losing of a little bit and then when they start losing a lot then they actually sort of have their own personal come-to-Jesus session usually yeah. predicated on some sort of financial collapse so, yeah,
1: so it's time to do something about right. it. and usually I have to say because we talk about this from time to time the whole stages of mastery mm-hmm. this is usually when they're getting out of conscious competence you know that for a long time they're working it they're implementing well, let's tell them what it, the
0: three what four phases are. okay
1: so you start out with unconsciously incompetent and remember I I said some of these mistakes are out of ignorance so it's not their fault they just don't know they haven't experienced any of it yet mm-hmm. so that when you don't know what you don't know you are unconsciously incompetent then you you discover things like maybe the podcast or coaching or you run into somebody that's more successful and you go huh looks like there's some stuff I gotta learn so that's when you are consciously incompetent you recognize the, the fact that you need to work on your skills okay so then that's usually when people come to coaching you work on it and work on it. You implement. You systematize, and then you become consciously competent, which is when a lot of the success happens. Momentum is when you're consciously competent. You're working on it. You've got a pre-listing package. You've got a uh, listing presentation, a buyer presentation. And you know how to do stuff.
0: Here's the thing that's just hovering there a bit. Sure. You can't rush this process. You can't skip like, steps. Like you can't skip steps, and you can't. There, it's just going to take the amount of time it takes. And for some, depending on where you're coming from, and truthfully, you know. People say, don't compare yourself to other people, but the reality of it is, is all of us are supposed to compare ourselves to other people. How else are we going to benchmark our own progress? But going on to the side of don't comparing yourself to other people, you might have no sales background. You might have absolutely no particular aptitude towards uh, you know selling or presenting, and so you might be coming from a, like less than zero stance. Whereas maybe another agent's going to have a lot of sales background, had some formal sales training, actually has done the real work of whatever industry they're previously in. Maybe they're past successful insurance person, or I mean sometimes honestly some of the best real estate agents are people that were were servers or hairstyles, sure. people in customer service you know those types of things Mm -hmm. but the reality of it is is all of us have to transit or trans uh, progress rather through those four phases of mastery and some people might get to the third phase where you're where things just become easier uh, and I guess, Julie, the way to really drive this point home is for them to think in terms of the, the plane taking off analogy, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So the, there's the first stage. Well, well in, You're the pilot here, right? You're not a passenger. But the first stage is you're loading the plane. You're making sure the food carts are clean. The bathrooms are clean. Luggage is clean. Yeah, everything's there. You're, you're the captain, but your co pilots going to walk around, do the pre-flight inspection. Everybody's ready to go. People are buckled up. The you know the the uh,
1: getting ready to get started.
0: Getting ready to get started. But we're even past the getting ready to get started. Mm-hmm. We're actually to the point where we're going to start taxiing to the runway, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's essentially the first the first phase is you're now into the second phase with the actually taxiing to the runway, right? So what happens is a lot of you will taxi the runway, and then what a lot of you will start doing is you'll start actually going to the runway. You'll throttle down the plane's starting to shake, right? You're you know the thing the cups and whatnot and the cabinets are starting to make noise. And, you know, people are holding on to their chairs and everything. And then all of a sudden the front landing gear starts picking up off the ground. And, it's you know, it's, anyone who's a seasoned traveler, which probably are all of you, you know that sooner or later the plane's going to smooth out and then you're going to be at cruising altitude. But what most people do in their lives, let alone their businesses, is they'll get to a point where they're actually ascending to the cruising altitude phase, which is the third phase. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they throttle down. They say, you know what, this is just too much damn work to get out to the smoother air, too much work to get to altitude, or they stop doing the very things that were necessary for them to get to cruising altitude or even have a chance at getting to cruising altitude in the first place. So what happens, getting back to the plane analogy, they start to slowly without doing it, knowing it sometimes, throttle down. And what happens is the plane starts to lose altitude, has to circle back around. Put it and, back on the runway. <laughs> put it back on the runway, and you have to do the whole damn thing over and over and over again. So the hard part is is when you're going to cruising altitude is to keep the throttle down no matter how much rocket and rolling the plane is doing. It's called you, momentum. It's called building momentum. And once you're cruising altitude, the pilots will seek out the calmer air. Right? And oftentimes the pilots will seek out not only where the calmer air is, but where the air is actually at your back, where you have the jet stream working for you, where you can go faster, burn less fuel. Otherwise, you can make more money, you can help more people quicker and have more net profit, right? Yeah, but but
1: you know what? You can't just start out being that pilot, can you? You've got to take off, you've got to practice, you've got to do more flights, you've got to rack up experience. That
0: was back when, you know, uh, Mr. Pilot Bob was basically deciding that he was going to be a pilot. Right. You know, you're, you we're talking, about, I'm talking about most agents are further along. So sure. in the real estate industry, it'd be like when you're thinking about getting your real estate license, right? Mm-hmm. Then you get your real estate license. You don't know what you don't know. Yep. Then you realize quickly what you don't know. And then you basically, so we're, we're assuming you basically transcended because most of our listeners have licenses. But when you're at that third phase, the worst thing for you to do is to stop, uh, is to stop doing the very things it took you for you to get there yes. in the first place. And then uh, again, and what happens to a lot of times is you don't realize that things get way easier at cruising altitude, way less work, way less stress, way less everything, because you never have gotten to cruising altitude in your professional life. Maybe some of you have touched upon it in your personal lives before, maybe you're an athlete or whatnot, but most of you, you get, to, you get to the point where you start facing resistance and you just basically quit. You stop trying. And then you go to some bright, shiny object and you get some call from somebody you know, hey Bob, this is you know this is Steve. I've got a bunch of internet leads I want to mm. sell you, and Bob doesn't stop to think. Well, hell, Steve, if you got internet leads, why are you calling me? You know, why is it that I am not just finding you online? Because ultimately, obviously, picking up the phone is what gets something sold nowadays. But anyway, the moral of the story with this is that that's where most of you you stop forgetting the little things that took for you to get to cruising altitude, and then you have to start all over again. So that's what the topic of today's yes. podcast is.
1: That's right, don't make these assumptions, don't get lazy, don't skip steps. Let's start with number one, don't assume that you have the listing or that you aren't competing. This is a definite mistake when, I mean, I think the newbies don't use a pre-qualification script so they don't necessarily know that they're competing. But the grizzled veterans assume that because they're as successful as they are, that they've got it in the bag, the person's been talking to them, they have a good relationship, the listing must be mine. And they don't use the pre qualification script. And
0: they don't send a pre-listing pack, and they don't follow a listing presentation, mm-hmm. and they don't treat every single listing opportunity the same. The worst thing you can do after you master July system is not is, is deviate from it. You and don't try to you know, don't take our content, our system, and then try to basically add it to some other system that you think because somehow miraculously you think somehow you're going to have superior knowledge on how to build a real estate system versus what we've been doing for decades. And we've had agents do you know millions and millions of times successfully. So you've got to be keeping in mind here. You've got to separate uh, fact from fiction. If your mission in life is to help people and to make money, why don't you uh, take the shortest path and don't try to recreate uh, or try to create your own system? That's asinine. But the reality of it is, is to Julie's point, you cannot assume that you're not competing. I do not care If your dear Aunt Betty is having you out to list her house, you have to assume Aunt Betty is having you compete against some barracudas that would love to get the listing.
1: It's true. And you must assume at all times, even if you can argue to the death that I'm wrong about this, you've got to assume that you are competing. And, Tim, agents will argue that, you know, I don't want to ask the question, are you talking to other agents? Because I don't want to suggest it, which drives me insane because it's it's not like they don't. Okay, you're the only agent in the entire planet. They haven't seen billboards driving on the freeway. So, they haven't seen commercials. Come and this on. isn't
0: our seller pre-qualification script, and hopefully I'm getting it right. But Mr. Seller, in most cases, when people call Julie and I out, or they call you know your name and replacing Julie and I, right? When when sellers are uh, calling Julie and I out to interview us for the job of selling their home, generally speaking, they're not speaking with any other agents. Is that the case?
1: Well, you know, I I think my wife ha- or my husband has somebody set up that he golfs with.
0: Okay. Excellent. So when were you, um, what were you hoping to learn by interviewing more than one agent?
1: Well, you know, we want to get different opinions on price and maybe okay. a little bit of staging help and things like that. And just to see who we really hit it off with.
0: Great. So you're, if I understand correctly, you're looking for someone, obviously you have, you, you like, you want to do business with, and you're also looking for someone to help you with staging and, and then ultimately price. That's right. Okay. That makes sense. So why don't you do this? Enter, was there anybody else you were thinking about
1: well you know this guy keeps on you know I don't even know where we know him from but he he keeps on asking for an appointment so I don't know we might have a third choice maybe okay so
0: do this do this have an interview both of them first and then interview uh, Julie and I last. And, and the reason I want you to do that is because it's really important that you actually have a basis of comparison when comparing one agent to the other. And listen to what they're going to do to sell the house. Listen to mostly what they're going to do based on their experience. But in, And here's what I'm going to do to help you along with this process. Is I'm going to send out what we call a pre-listing pack. And the pre-listing pack is essentially all the questions answered ahead of time as to why you'll most likely want to do business with Julie and I. But most importantly in the uh, pre-listing pack is something we call the seller survey. Survival guide. Now, this is something that we created to actually make it easier for you to choose your uh, the listing agent. Um, so here's what it is it's a series of you know 12 questions, and each question is and in, in under each question is an answer. So we ask a question, for example, Mr. Seller, you know, how many houses did you sell last year? And then you'll see what Julie and I's answer is, and then write the answers down to the other agents that you're interviewing. And then we wrote down these 12 questions and use those questions when interviewing the other agents. That way you are actually asking the questions. Um, that will result in you making the decision that's going to ultimately help you accomplish the goal. Make sense?
1: Oh, that sounds really interesting because, you know, we weren't really quite sure what to ask.
0: Okay. Well, perfect. So I'm going to send out the pre-listing pack. It'll be at your doorstep probably within an hour or two. We usually put it in a FedEx envelope. There won't be a label on it and then just grab it. And the first thing you do is you take out that uh, seller questionnaire. So you're meeting with uh, the other two agents. You said tomorrow at six o'clock and then the yeah, next one yeah, at eight o'clock the same day. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. So let's, let's meet the following day at say four 30 or five o'clock, which would be better for you?
1: Uh, five o'clock
0: would be great. Perfect. All right. Great. So when I, when we get there, um, I'll look forward to meeting you and helping you to answer any other lingering questions that you might have and us moving forward with um, selling your home. Sound good?
1: Yeah, sounds great. Thanks all right. so much. And there's other
0: aspects to the prequal script as well. Obviously, before you get to that series of questions, listeners, you're also going to want to ask, I mean, there's all kinds of questions you want to know. It's what Julie says. It's to Do,
1: protect you from making mistakes. Right.
0: Don't go if you don't know. And the don't go if you don't know is a series of questions that you must know the answer to prior to going to the listing appointment. And those would be if you're interviewing another agent, if they're interviewing other agents, what they think the house is worth, what their time frame is. You want to know what their mortgage situations are, or in some cases mortgages situations, right?
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I kind of fed this to you in our impromptu role play, but one of the things that's in there is when they say, yes, we're actually talking to three other agents, you ask them, that's interesting. That's probably a good idea to, you know, compare apples to oranges. But I'm curious, how did you arrive at those names who you're interviewing? Because wouldn't it be nice if you knew that you were up against a commission cutter, if you were up against their best friend from high school, if you're up against you know, the person that sold the neighbor's house. You may have a different approach based on your answers. And one of the
0: questions also in the Seller pre-qual script, and Julie's reminding me, because I don't have the script in front of me, maybe I should have, huh? Is, okay. is, Mr. Seller, that's interesting. You're interviewing two other agents. I'm curious, what are you hoping to learn by interviewing all those other agents and sitting through what will amount to probably a couple hours worth of your evenings? <laughs> what are you hoping to learn by interviewing that many other agents? That's actually the question yes. that comes before, Julie's giving me the stink eye for not no, remembering okay. our script, but that's the question that comes before the when I asked, because you want to find out what they're gonna to say to her point, right? And you might find sometimes that it's just a courtesy listing appointment because they sit next to this person at church. Right. Or you know, they're, they're you know, cousin Barney just got a real estate. You think there's any Barney's left on Planned <laughs> Earth? There might be maybe. cousin Barney just it, got his real be, estate license.
1: Maybe it's the agent that sold him the house. Right. I mean, you're gonna find out.
0: It's really important that you know who you're competing against because then if you can know who they're you're competing against, uh and uh, frankly, know who they are, as in you're not just competing against agent A and agent B, you actually Actually know their names you can then go to the MLS and find out what their history is and if you as you become more seasons and, and uh, uh, frankly competitive you're then going to go and you're going to go into the MLS. You're going to find out if you know Steve the agent. You're going to find out what his track record is. You're going to find out if Steve the agent sold any houses, how many houses he sold, how many of the houses he sold were sellers versus buyers, and all that. And remember, the seller is going to be interviewing Steve, and they're going to have these questions they're going to ask Steve. So you're actually going to have some actual factual information from the MLS that's going to match up to how Steve answered the questions that the seller asked. And clearly, you're just going to give this information to the seller so the seller can do their own comparing. If there's any inconsistencies there. Steve just took himself out.
1: Exactly. That is a very competitive thing that we're mentioning here. Now, I'm going to stay on this theme of don't assume that you've got it. Now, we talked about examples where you are competing. Even if the prospect says, nope, we're only meeting with you, this is another trap. Because what will agents do? Oh, I've got it in the bag. And then you start skipping steps from that point. How many And t- you do things like you show up late. You do a crappy job on the CMA, yep. you know, because you assume that you've already got it. So why would you make all those steps? Or you
0: normally do a one stop listening presentation, but now you're doing a two stop because your arrogance, ignorance, and your laziness has crept in. But you know, it's so funny, Julie. I've had so many coaching calls where uh-huh. I'll, I'll, like, you know, interrogate somebody how many appointments they went on since our last call. Yep. And they'll say, I went on five and I took three. And they'll be like, oh, then they want to, like, brag about their three. I'm going to go Screw through the three, yeah, I want to you know, know what happened on the two. I want to know what you didn't do on the two, and every single time it's because they didn't prepare. They yes. essentially it's on were, this
1: list that we're presenting for sure. Yeah,
0: and then you go and, and, and they said they weren't interviewing anybody else. Coach Tim, don't yell at me. I'm gonna say so you believe them, right? <laughs> right? You thought that they were gonna be talking to other people after you. And, and the other big mistake mm-hmm. is and this isn't on your list, is they leave too much time between the initial yeah. pre-call and when the appointment's set. Mm-hmm. And that is, there's... Leaving <laughs> the door
1: wide open for somebody else to get to it first.
0: Jules, I just act, I actually came across this the other day. I didn't mm-hmm. tell you. It was so absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. There's somebody who's teaching agents that the last thing you want to do is book your ass over to the house when you have a listing lead. Ugh. You want it. You don't... And this is what this coach was training agents to do. Now, you don't – this is the coach with quotes around it telling agents what to do. You don't want to seem like you're not super busy. So you want oh to act like God. you're super busy. And then when you get a listing lead, no pre-qualifying. You get the listing lead, you want to go. You don't want to go over there the same day. You want to give it like a day or two or three days so that they then value your time more because they had to wait oh, for the baloney. appointment. That's I mean, this, such crap. That is the crap that <laughs> – Okay, so let let me tie this into our point, right? Isn't that disgusting, though?
1: One of our coaching clients just was the one who won as a result of somebody screwing that up. Okay, so uh, they were doing their follow up, and the seller said, No, you know, I appreciate your follow up, but we're we're really sure we're going to list with so and so agents. Okay, so our coaching client let it go. It's fine. They seemed really committed. About three days later, they get a call. You know, we thought we were going to list with Bob, but he totally dropped the ball. He blew off the appointment, uh, I get it. he rescheduled, and then he showed up late. And even though we're friends and I thought I was going to list with him, I just didn't really feel like he could hack the job of, of what we really need. So can you come back and can you meet with us? Yep. Okay. So don't screw that up. Even if you think that you've got it in the back, it's almost more dangerous when they say that it's yours.
0: Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Well, okay. I think I think Are we, we beat the snot down? out of okay. that point. Yeah, <laughs> so good point, point
1: number two. Okay, <laughs> don't assume that the only factor the seller or the listing agent is considering is price. Now this applies to this. both sides. I can vamp on this forever. Okay, yes, go. go I,
0: it, it's honestly, guys. There's been tons of surveys and research that's done on this, and it's a, a agent mistake number one. Um, that you're assuming that the most important thing is to the, the seller is basically their net proceeds. That is usually one of the top three or five things that are most important to them. It's never number one. You want no, you want proof? No problem. Look at how many iBuyers buyers who are basically buying houses for wholesale, uh, institutionalized, fully funded I buyers, Zillow and others, have come into the space. And that is all the proof you need to know that net is not the most important. The most important thing. It obviously varies, but most important thing to most people is the least amount of stress. Yes, that is the most important thing.
1: Which comes in many flavors. It could be the convenience factor, which is why I buyers sometimes are able to right. buy it. It can be the closing date, the possession date. It could be the strength of the borrower. You know, who cares if somebody's you know writing for that much over a list if their lender letter stinks? But right?
0: it is it is truly a hassle factor thing. It's mostly convenience and, and a yeah. stress thing because most most especially I would say. Upper end sellers, generally speaking, are going to have bought and sold more times and probably have a little bit more of a, um, I was going to say aptitude. That's not the right word. Mm -hmm. But they're going to be a little bit more seasoned with dealing with financially stressful things. So they're not going to be as shaken by negotiating and whatnot. But if you're dealing with a vast majority of people, which you guys mostly are, Uh, you know, ordinary sale price owners, you're not going to have somebody who has much tolerance at all for the selling process. And so if you can basically make it so that they have a a stress-free process as possible, which you can do as a listing agent, once you learn how to, that is ultimately a, how you're going to win the listing, but also how you're also going to get referrals.
1: Yes. Case in point, one of our coaching clients won a competitive situation. Why? Because it was between her and another gal, Pretty much even Steven, seller wasn't ready to sign yet, wanted to do some repairs to the house, get yada, yada. Okay, our coach and client alleviating the seller's stress said, you don't have to schedule the carpet cleaner, you don't have to schedule the painter, you don't have to schedule the landscaper. I agree, we really need to do these things to get you highest and best. Why don't you just let me handle that for you? Yep. And I'm going to be in the neighborhood anyway. Let's bang out the paperwork so that I can do all this legally for you. We have our agreement together. That way I can take all that stress off of your back won it because she was willing to do those three extra phone calls and make the seller's life better.
0: So even if there was another agent who was discounting her commission and telling a higher price, Uh Agent uh, A, our coaching client, who alleviates stress, won. And that's how you guys will always win too. So again, the price is rarely the most important thing. Now with that said, price matters. um, And uh, you can't, as part of our uh, coaching system, you get our pre-listing pack. In our pre-listing pack, we always, always insist, Though I'll say insist, though I doubt many of you, I mean will allow me to insist that you do this, but this is really critical. And those of you who don't understand the importance of this, you're going to lose more often than you're going to win. Always include a net sheet, Always include the listing paperwork along with the pre-listing pack and the seller survival guide, that a list of questions we told you. Now what a lot of agents will do, join our coaching program, and they're nervous about presenting an, a net sheet, nervous about presenting the listing paperwork because they don't want to seem too pushy. Well, the reality of it is, is what you're doing is you're going back to our you know, our point with regards to alleviating stress. The sellers want to see the paperwork ahead of time. The sellers want to get an idea of what the net sheet will look like ahead of time. And the way your net sheet should look, uh, look like, and this is again part of our uh, coaching program, is you should have a net sheet that has three different options, high, medium, and low. And the low is going to be, you know something that's ridiculous i mean not too low so let's say the house is worth 400 grand your low might be worst case scenario if it sells for uh, you know 375. You think the house is worth four hundred grand, so have that one be in the media uh, the middle based and, and on real comps. Based on real comps. And then the top one maybe is who knows, four fifty. Now, why are you doing that? A because this is a crazy seller's market and you might indeed sell it for four fifty. But the other reason is is because if you have some agent who goes in and tries to blow the seller out by buying the listing by telling them at an inflated price, you're still on the running. Because you, and remember, you're going last when you follow our system. You're not going first or second, you're going last. So that agent who basically wins listings by essentially overpricing things. Uh, and inflating the seller's uh, ego, basically, with their perception of their home's value, you no longer are going to lose to that agent because you're playing their game. Now, when you go and you present to the seller, you're going to explain to them, you know, essentially why there's three options and, you know, where it might, based on recent comps, where it actually might fall. We're not telling you to lie or deceive or bait and switch the seller. What we're doing is we're showing the seller, you're range. showing the seller, a range. And realistically, it could sell at the high end. I mean, there's houses in, uh, where is it? Uh, San Francisco are selling mm-hmm. an Average like a million over something crazy. Right. I mean, so crazier
1: things have happened. This
0: is called being competitive. That's <laughs> what we teach you <laughs> in That's our right. coaching program. By the way, for those of you guys who are ready to join the coaching program, which should be all of you at this point, come on, people, what are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. Our coaching program uh, with the third option is only a hundred, basically, a hundred dollars and eighteen cents a month. You can join our premier coaching program, have a daily semi private coaching call. All of our scripts, all of our si- uh, uh, systems are si- a complete real estate system. This is designed to work in every market, every market market condition, every price range, whether the market goes up or the market goes down. This system has been honed to work for you right now. So go ahead and text the word SUCCESS to 47372. Text the word SUCCESS to 47372. And when you do, you're going to click on the link. You're then going to go over to our um, main uh, website, which is timandjulieharris.com, and you're going to read about the Premier Coaching Program. The Premier Coaching Program is a program uh, that, if you choose the third option, is only basically $100.18 a month for you to join. And then you can immediately start learning the systems that Julie and I basically have been talking about on our podcast for years. This is the fastest, quickest and, and look, I'm not going to say it's effortless because it's not. System that's going to get you consistent, provable results. And ultimately, we're going to teach you to be proactive lead generators and you're going to have a listings-based business. So go ahead and text the word SUCCESS to 47372. Go ahead. Do it now. Nothing bad's going to happen. Okay. No, no, it's right. Text the word SUCCESS to 47372.
1: Okay. So point number three seems a little bit counterintuitive, but I have a case in point from one of our Facebook Live sessions with our coaching members last week. Don't assume that the prospect is actually ready to get your pre-listing package. See, they get all geeked up. They've got their listing, pre-listing packages ready. They're ready to use them. So here's what happened. One of our coaching clients went, uh, she was flyering her own neighborhood and door knocking, right? So she's got some market stats. She's basically out prospecting. One of those people called back and was asking questions about what they thought their house was worth, and they're just kind of kicking tires. She immediately sends the pre-listing package, which you would think would be the right thing to do. But no, the prospect calls back and says, well, I'm not ready to really do anything yet. I was just getting started. So um, no, we don't really need to meet right away. Now, that could have been prevented by actually using the pre-qualification script and finding out the time frame, the motivation, asking all the questions. That's not to say that there wasn't a pre-listing package on the way later, but because she hadn't actually gathered any intel, she jumped the gun and kind of pissed off the prospect.
0: I'm going to give an ancillary point to that one because it's really good. After you deliver your Harris pre-listing pack and each of you guys will have your own personalized pre-listing pack so after you deliver it don't assume they read it
1: that too yeah don't assume
0: they read <laughs> it the so thing. it's part of our listing uh, system after the pre listing this is right before the appointment remember you're going last after the pre-listing pack is delivered you're going to mr. seller you know you have there's a little script that goes along with mr. seller I'm deli- you know the pre-listing pack will be delivered and i gave you guys a little a taste of it a second ago but even after it's delivered so it goes out you know it's there your courier or or your assistant, or you know it, arrived today at noon. Then what you're going to make sure you're using the FedEx tieback envelopes because they're waterproof. Okay, so then you know, where you're know put, you putting your pre-lasting pack in, even after it's delivered, and let's say your appointment is the next day at 5 o'clock, you talked to them today, you pre qualified them today, you got the pre-listing pack to them you know, by midday, and they have two appointments this evening, you've got to call them the same day the pre-listing pack is delivered to confirm that they've actually not just read it, but opened it. And here's, a, for example, this is a little slimmed down version of the script. Mr. Seller, uh, this is Tim Harris. We dropped off a pre-listing pack, and as we promised... In And within is those questions that I, uh, that I know you're looking forward to using when interviewing these other agents. Can you do me a favor and go grab that pre-listing pack so I can make sure that I actually remember to include that in the pre-listing pack because I think I did. I'm just not positive. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because I want you then agents. Now, most everyone doesn't have a home corded phone. They're all using cells. What you're going to hear is you're going to hear the seller walking over to the Tyvek envelope, which is probably still sitting next to their front door on the outside. Maybe they brought it in. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to hear them ripping it open <laughs> exactly and then you're going to see them oh okay i found it so what you just did is you forced them to actually open the envelope find the content pull those questions out which will inevitably basically make it so that you're essentially home the listing you're basically in the end zone at that point and
1: they're using the questions on the agents exactly. they are about to meet with Right. Okay. And at the same time, you're also confirming your appointment, which makes you more uh, professional than the other agents who probably will also show up late.
0: Show up late, have no pre-listing pack, have no listing presentation. But most importantly, when they're using uh, the seller is using our seller survival guide and they're asking the questions. I guarantee you, 100% of the time, those agents that you're competing against. The word is competing. There is only one winner. Only one agent gets the listing contract the uh seller is the listing the, your competitive agents are not going to be able to answer all the questions the first questions are easy how many houses did you sell last year you guys can edit this if you want to just don't you know make it so that it's weak then we start asking the the you know the meteor questions what's your list to sell price ratio
1: some agents don't even know what that means
0: of course they don't what's your absorption rate how many listings did you sell last year and so what we do remember there's the question there's 12 of these actually there's 20 of them but you know you, you can, can edit. Mix and match you can mix and match and then what we do again it's The question, that I want you to imagine the seller is sitting in front of you with a piece of paper. You can only see the blank side, the back of the piece of paper in front of the seller is the question. And then brackets is the answer. Your answer. Oh, no, it's first answer is the MLS answer, the statistical answer. Gotcha. And then underneath it is your answer. Mm -hmm. So how many houses did you sell last year? Tim and Julie Harris sell an average of, you know, 1.3 1.3 houses a day and last year they sold 157 homes right that's in, and then in the MLS the average agent in uh, you know the Columbus Board of Realtors sells 12 houses a year and then there's a space underneath that where the agent that they're interviewing can then, you know, the seller will write in what the agent's uh, answer is yeah, to those. Agent A, Agent right. B. So you're, they're asking this tough question. They're getting your answer, and they're getting the answer that the average agent, what the average agent does according to the MLS. And so what the seller is going to do as they're asking these questions is they might – so let's say there's 12 questions. You will – and I remember this. I mean you guys can hear I'm getting geeked up because it was so much it's fun so competitive we would go on listing presentations and the sellers would ha- leave the on the table in which they interviewed these poor other agents they would leave the surveys out or they leave the questions out and we I had never once ever 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 in the thousands of listing appointments Julie and I uh, went on ever remember seeing a seller get through maybe the fifth or sixth question yeah. because what happens is that they start to realize that these other agents that were compete that are competing against us are BSing their answers because remember we gave the statistical information right out of the MLS and then the, you think an agent when asked a question what's your list to sell price ratio and you know, they don't know the answer do you think they're going to say I have no idea what that means or I don't know they're going to wing it and the seller's going to see they're winging it and that's going to every single question make it clear that the seller is going to want to hire you that's called being competitive
1: see the difference is when it's you that are ta- that's talking to the seller prospect they already have the question and your answer right. right. So you already in a sense have some control of that situation, right? Yeah. Versus your competition who walks in the door thinking they're going to be in control or being assumptive or any of the other worst things that they can be. And the seller says, let's go ahead and sit down at the table. I've got twelve questions for you. At that point, half the agents will pee their pants anyway. Well so and the other half will go into BS mode.
0: You guys are thinking we're gonna think we're making this up, but we're not. So when and Julie and I in this with the market that where we uh, basically where we retired from selling real estate and started becoming full-time coaches. We would have – it didn't happen that frequently, but it happened frequently enough where we would – our competitors knew who we were. They knew what we were doing. They knew how we were selling. They weren't competitive. And so what they would do is they knew we were always going to go last is they would cancel the appointment when they found out they were competing against us. And we heard that – Countless times, and I'll tell you something else that happened. Now I'm not bragging, I'm not uh, uh, gloating. I'm just telling a statistical fact. That's what happens when you start becoming dominant. You start accepting the fact that you are a competitive listing agent, and you start becoming confident. That's called cruising altitude, folks. All right. So here's the other thing that would happen. And this again, not all the time, but enough that I, re- you know, I remember it. We would remember we told you pre-listing pack. A seller survival guide, which is a list of questions. Net sheet listing paperwork. Julie and I, or I, or Julie, whoever's going on the appointment, on the upper-upper end ones, Julie and I would go together. Otherwise, we'd go individually. Walk up to the front door, knock on the door, seller opens the door, seller gives you the listing paperwork and the net sheet back, yeah. and you don't even go in the house. You're done. You're out. You get back in your car and you drive home. They just listed it with you because the pre-listing pack kicked was so dominant and did this pre-selling for you.
1: But you can only have those experiences if you don't skip the steps. That's right. You will right. not have that happen if you don't ask the pre-qualification questions so you understand your client. That will not happen if you try to do that without calling to confirm the appointment, without making sure they actually opened your pre-listing package. So that's why we have the seven-step listing process. We've done podcasts about that. And and when you do that, I've, I mean, remember that a close, and in this case, getting the signature is the logical ending to a great presentation. You cannot close without a great presentation. It's you know,
0: awkward. You know it's funny? As I'm sitting here looking at you as we're yeah. having this podcast, mm-hmm. you and I both miss listing appointments. Obviously. <laughs>
1: OK, one more
0: point. <laughs> we totally miss listing I know. appointments. OK,
1: now this one is really for this market. And then we'll <laughs> wrap after this before we get too excited. OK, uh, number four, don't assume that you can't get, quote, their price. Again, in this market, that's not always true, okay? How many of you guys have just thought that the price was just way too high, you can't achieve that, you're afraid of the appraisal, there's no comps to support it, and yet somebody else takes the listing and it's in contract by Friday, and you're like, oh, I should have taken that. Now, what happens after that and how the appraisal is dealt with is another issue. But the point is you didn't have the opportunity in the first place because you didn't think you could get the price. Okay,
0: so what are we talking about? We're talking about the FISBO that everyone thinks is overpriced is probably not overpriced. We're talking about the old expired that expired six months to a year ago, maybe two years ago, that was overpriced then in that market is now priced to the market or actually underpriced. Mm We're talking about all the rest of the lazy stuff that agents allow to have happen to their businesses that you can basically monetize because you have the skill set. So, do not in this market, now we're not, we'll, we'll edit this off maybe two years from now That's right. where the market but for changes. Now, you but-
1: might be able to achieve it. And when we get this that comes up a lot on Premier Coaching and the Facebook Live sessions, the agent will be like, gosh, I don't know how high is too high. This is what my comps say. The seller wants this. I know I'm competing. I don't want to lose it after that. And so one of my questions is always, what are you up against? If you're the only listing that's on the market, and some of these MLSs are down to like 35 active listings, you got a lot higher chance of achieving it.
0: Since you're talking about this, in a normal real estate market, you price on the past. You price on what's yes. sold. In this market, you have to price on where the market's going to be. Otherwise, you will not take the listing. And it, here's what I mean. And I'll give you guys a very salient example. Inflation is here to stay. It is not transitory. We're going to be seeing in real, in real estate and other assets, the average inflated price or average inflation, you might want to call it appreciation, but it's not. So the average inflation rate this year is going to be over 15%. So real estate in the country is projected to increase in value by at least fifth. percent percent that means that real estate across the country is going up by a little better than one percent per month you guys following me on this which is
1: unprecedented.
0: Well, you know, it's, yeah, abs- beyond, it is. right? Yeah. And so it's going up by one, and here, I'll tell you, i give this added information for those of you who think there's going to be a bubble at the end of it. No bubble at the end. At the end of it, it's basically going to be a new base price for real estate in the United States. Fifth, a year yes. from now, a year from now, prices are still going to be uh, um, increasing, and they're going to increase probably in 2022 by, we're guessing, another 4 to 6%. So we're talking a year from now, well, starting in January of 2021, uh, and let's say by the end of 2022, you're. Looking at prices that are going to be in most markets close to twenty percent more than they were at the end of two thousand and twenty. That is amazing, and it's never happened before. It's you can we gave did a whole bunch of podcasts on this. Go back and listen to our past podcasts. And lucky
1: for you because you're a commission based salesperson. That's
0: right. And lucky for you, basically you're learning how to be a listing agent because you joined our coaching program because you text the word success to four seven three seven two. So when you're pricing real estate, if they're putting it for sale in next month, you do not use sold comps. You can use the last sold highest sold price and add on another month's worth of inflation and that is how you're actually going to price things and I'll tell you where the sweet spot is if you know for example you have something that just sold for $500,000 and so realistically next month the house is going to be obviously inflate by another one to one and a half percent price it at market for a month from now or even slightly less than market and you'll sell it for competing offers
1: that's right but don't talk yourself out of a listing that seems too high based only on your comps because it's highly likely you're going to actually achieve it especially in most of you are in areas where that's going to be virtually the only thing available probably going to get multiple offers, they're probably going to compete, and you will achieve it anyway.
0: Mr. Seller, I appreciate the fact that um, you feel your house is worth more than what the comps are telling us in the current market conditions. And now that I've seen your house, I completely understand why you'd feel that way, that you do have some exceptional things that make your house truly special in this market. So let's do this. Let's go and let's say you're, you're, you're Mr. Agent believing the house is worth 500 grand. The seller wants 550. Maybe they had someone tell them it was worth 550. So you know you don't want to lose the listing, but you don't want to lie to the seller. So, Mr. Seller, let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and uh, price the house at $550 now, but let's agree that after two weeks or 10 showings, adjust accordingly, that if we don't have a written, verified offer on your uh, property, we can um, reposition the house on the market to correctly reflect the buyer's expectations. Now, what did I not say? I did not say I necessarily agreed with the price, but I did not say the price was wrong. I did not make it my price. You're wrong, Mr. Seller. I'm Right. right. That'll be a surefire way for you not to get the listing. The seller is always right. Agree with the seller's price, especially in a market like this. But he also laid out the framework that if they don't sell, if the house doesn't sell for that price that you might think is inflated, that you're going to then reposition the house in the market. The worst that you have to say these types of things to the seller, Mr. Seller, I believe in your house. I think it's a fantastic property. Now that I've seen it, I can see why you feel it's worth more than what the market is telling us. So let's go ahead and, pri- and put the house on the market today for five hundred, uh, you know, $49,000. And after two weeks or 10 showing, so if we don't have a written verified offer on your property, we agree to revisit the property so that we can reposition the house on the market so we correctly reflect the market's expectations.
1: Yeah, because the market will have spoken at that point.
0: Did I say lower the price? No. If you say... I lower the price at, at, at any stage to any seller. You're out. You're going to get fired. They're going to want to kill you. They're not going to like you. So you never say lower the price. These are called scripts. These or scripts. Reduce. These are called skills because this is how you actually are consistently successful in the real estate business. You learn these little nuanced approaches. Don't never, 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 never say lower price to seller. Lower price to seller is like uh, saying no to our daughter when she's asking for chocolate ice cream. You're <laughs> going to pay the price. Okay. You will pay. <laughs> you will pay. So guys, that is what we That's have for it. you today. We're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today. And in the interim, you look guys, This is our podcast. You like our podcast, the information we're delivering to you? It is maybe 1% of what you get as part of our coaching program. The next natural smart step for all of you to take is join Premier Coaching. Essentially, it could start out for you at $100 a month, basically, $100.18. Just text the word success to 47372. Text the word success to 47372. We'll text you back a link, then you can learn about the coaching program. Or you could just go to timandjulieharris.com, click on coaching, and it's the first option called Premier Coaching. That is the next natural step for all of you who are serious about becoming listing agents. Look, you know what we're saying is true, or this wouldn't be the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation you know what we're telling you is true because you've probably been up and down the mountain of trying to buy leads and take shortcuts. You're finally ready to commit to yourself and your potential as a real estate professional. Well, here's what you do. Join our coaching program. Couldn't be couldn't be more simpler nope. and direct than that. That's right. So guys, we'll talk with you tomorrow. If you have any questions in the meantime, please feel free to text me directly at 512-758-0206. Have a fantastic day.